Hello, and my name is Peter Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners and professionals just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we're here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, frank and raw conversations. I'm absolutely buzzing to be joined today by Anthony Hurd. Anthony is the owner of Braintree Motor Group, who are a body repair center in Essex. I've been following him on LinkedIn for a while and he's super entertaining, really interesting, and has such an outspoken opinion on things, but he's really, really great guy. And it was an absolutely brilliant episode. It was a total pleasure to have him on on the show with me. Uh, I really do hope you enjoy it and listen in and do share it with your friends if you uh, like it and enjoy it. It'd be great to reach more people. Thank you. Bye. So the red light is rolling and I'm joined today by Anthony Hurd. Uh, Anthony, I'm absolutely delighted to have you on the podcast. Um, it's been uh, a little while coming, uh, but obviously things have been a bit busy and a bit hectic and what have you. Um, Anthony, for the benefit of the listeners, are you able to just introduce yourself so they know who you are and what your business is and what you do? Yeah. Um, hi, guys. I'm Anthony Hurd from Braintree Motorworks. I own an independent um, crash repair centre um, based in Essex. I also own a franchise called Braintree Motor Group, um, where I'm trying to get um, independent body shops to work together and help each other. And um, last, I own Braintree Finance Group, a, 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 a finance brokerage, um, which we've just launched. So to be fair, there's not much activity at the moment, but it will be coming soon. Amazing. That's me. So sounds like you're keeping yourself busy, Anthony, in uh, in, in lockdown. Um, that, that's absolutely spot on, Anthony. And those are the, those those listeners who know my background know that I I, I grew up in my twenties in body shops as well, working for. Have you ever come across Gladwins, Anthony? Do you ever hear of Gladwins? Not Gladwins in Ipswich. Uh, I don't think he was in Ipswich. Gladwins Body what? Shop. That there were six of them around. Or no, yeah. Harvey, yeah. kill me. Eight of them. Sorry. There was one in Ipswich. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was based in, um, so I, I learned, I, I started off doing vehicle damage assessing in Cambridge and then moved on, like workshop controller, that sort of thing. And then I was GM at the Peterborough site. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it until Nationwide Crash Repairs bought it and then I left. That's what I was about to say. Didn't Nationwide buy them? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Awful company. <laughs> so I shouldn't say that, should I? Hey, I was going to say, I'm not, I'm not, you know me, I don't like to speak out. <laughs> <laughs> Plead the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> Love that. So I've been, I've been following Anthony on LinkedIn for a little while. And uh, what I love and find really refreshing about the way Anthony approaches businesses is just honesty. And actually, I asked him to prepare a half dozen things for the podcast. And uh, they're, they're, they're fantastic. And they actually, he really lives it and sums it up. So it, if you're not, if you don't follow him on LinkedIn, make sure you add him on LinkedIn because it, it always he calls out the insurance companies and all sorts. I love it; it's brilliant. Um, but yeah, Anthony's half dozen things are honest, reliable, and transparent. Never giving up, having drive, and being totally open. Just giving everyone everything, which I'm really interested to sort of tie up a bit later on on that. So, 
just to get the ball rolling, Anthony, to sort of introduce you to, to people, what, why is honesty so important for you? And, and how do you sort of live and breathe that in the business at Braintree Motorworks? Um, with honesty, you, uh, you can never go wrong. So I always say to my guys, even to small things, if they break something or um, they do a job wrong or anything like that, if they're honest about it, we can deal with it a lot quicker. Yeah, And it's, it's one of the things where... For me, it, everything gets found out in the end anyway. So if we're honest, we can make decisions a lot quicker how we can put things right. And it's even to, to how people, um, how they're feeling as well. Like I was at BMW for years and you'd have loads of people that would call a meeting uh, or the, BM, the bosses would call a meeting and everyone would be so unhappy. You'd go into me and go, right, has anyone got anything to say? And everyone would just like shut there like that. And I was like, for fuck's sake, like, I, I went in full pelt and then I had to have my own meeting and look after to ask why I'm so happy. And I'm like, well, guys, to be fair, there was 10 of us who were going to talk and everyone just shut up. And it's, it's one of the things I just think it, it's so much more gets done if you're honest about how you're feeling or if you're not happy with your money, go in and speak to someone. That was one of my biggest things at BMW. The amount of people moaned about their money, I just said to them, go and speak to the bosses then. And they'd be like, oh, no, I can't. I was like, sharp then. Like, at the end of the day, if you're honestly not that happy, you need to go and do something about it. So I say to my guys all the way through, like, just be honest. If you need more money and I can't afford to pay you more money, then something needs to happen. But at least that's better than six months worth of thinking about it. Yeah. I, no, I get, I get what you're saying, and and that then creates the harmony in the team, anyway, doesn't it? Because at least, yeah, at least if you get that off your chest, despite not maybe being able to fix it, at least you know you always know where the other person stands. And yeah. I think that's and, that's important, isn't it? One of the biggest things in business, if you don't know where you stand, like we had, we have some people, and I've had it in my business where I've heard from other people they're unhappy, and I'm thinking, right, do I? have that conversation or just do I wait for that person to come and talk to me about it? But then I always end up just asking them. I'm like, call them in and then just ask them. Cause again, if not, I'm second guessing, they're walking around second guessing. You can have a conversation. It might be the easiest thing in the world. Like it goes oh, on Friday. I need to have my lunch break. Cause I need to go into town to help the wife or, and it'll just be, it might be the simplest things where, like we changed and shut Saturdays because we used to open Saturday morning, every Saturday morning, um, 8.30 to 12.30. And it got to the point where I heard one of my painters, the best bloke in the world, love him to bits. If I was to shut the company, it'd be me and him just at the end at the door crying together. But he, <laughs> he, I heard he was going to leave because he didn't want to do Saturdays anymore. So I went out and had a chat with everyone. I said, guys, I don't want to come in on a Saturday morning. Do you want to come on a Saturday? So I literally just whacked Saturdays, never worked a Saturday since. And do you know what? It was purely because he didn't want to do it. And do you know what? I was sitting there thinking, I didn't want to come in on a Saturday morning either. So Fair it's enough. just, it's, it's one of them things where if he had never, if I had never heard about that, it, I could never have changed that situation. So that's probably honesty with customers as well like we get so many people i had a guy a really good customer of mine text me at the weekend asking me to do a respray i don't do resprays and he's like Anthony, come on i want to use you and i was like look i'll get you to two other great body shops who are local they'll be cheaper than me and they'll love doing it i'm gonna hate doing it and i'm gonna be dearer so don't use me and that's just a respray. He goes, he goes to me, I thought you wanted to concentrate on bodywork. And I was like, yeah, but 
that's not, I don't want to do a respray. That's not no. what we do. We concentrate on crash repairs, but... Good for you. Not no, fair, fair play. At least, you, at least a spade's a spade and a square's a square and all that, right? Okay, nice. So let's sort of move that conversation on to the reliability element. And um, obviously, I, I suppose as a, as a boss, as a leader in the business, it's important, but it's also important for the reliability with customers as well, um, yeah, cool. I, I suppose. So, yeah, talk, talk to me a bit more about that, Anthony. Reliability. So I, I say to all my guys, we need to be the best of the especially in our area. We need to do what no one else is doing. So... We do a lot of uh, market research, and I remember ringing round or getting one of my guys to ring round, and it was like um, we asked all the questions that I knew they would fail on. So, like, what about if I needed to drop my car in at six in the morning? Could someone meet me? No. Do you wash and hoover? No. Do you collect and deliver? No. It was like uh, all the answers were no. And it was sort of like, well, if I travel into London at five in the morning and I want my car serviced, what have I got to do? Like, do I... Do I go and park it up in someone's compact or like outside the front? Or so for us, reliability was just to be it's to be the most reliable. Someone rings me at ten o'clock or twelve o'clock. I've just had an accident. Answer the phone and deal with it there and then. Yeah. Um, and and my guys are so behind me. So we've had one where a lady's had a puncture at ten in ten at night. We could easily have just turned around and say, look, we can't help you till the morning. But I've, I've, we've got a group at work. I texted in the group, guys need someone, wherever it was. One of them, literally, I think that day, three of them was like, I can do it. And that's like at 10 o'clock at night. They weren't, they don't get paid for it because it's one of the things what I've got for the company as well, where they can go early if they want to go early. It's just we all make sure that we're all looking after each other. Yep. And, and, and that's... That. And if you're saying, I do a lot of work for construction, and to be reliable, you need to be out the front of here at seven in the morning because they have to be at site for eight. So we don't open till eight, but what do we then fall in the bracket of everyone else and just go, well, we open at eight, there's nothing else? Yeah, of course. We make gates are open at 6.30, wash and over a van, get it ready for the guy at seven. So it's just it's just always be reliable. Don't get me wrong, we do things wrong, and and I can't remember a time when we did, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we do, do things wrong. I'm not saying like I'm the best company in the world, because far from it. But we are very reliable. We are very good at what we do, and we're always seeing. One of my favourite things is just say, what can we do better this week than what we done last week, yeah. and it's. Just, constantly trying to be better than what we were the week before so um but yeah being reliable especially as a garage because we've got a bad name we haven't but the, the trade the, in general, the trade and industry has hasn't it yeah to an extent yeah so it's it's, it's just to not fall under that category yeah like one, absolutely one of my favorite programs is watchdog and i um i always say to the guys here Look at every deal with every vehicle as if this vehicle was going on TV after to be pulled apart. Like, and that's every single vehicle, whether it's a set of brakes or um, a heavy front end or whatever. If we do the same process all the way through, like you wouldn't believe how many body shop jobs don't get the vehicle on a ramp and look to see if the tyres are legal, if the brake pads are fine. They'll blow in a front bumper send it down the road. If that guy had illegal tyres and skidded into something, crushed and died, I mean, whose duty of care is that? 
yeah, totally understand. And in the in the letter of the law, the, when the driver picks keys up to a vehicle, you, they accept responsibility, don't they? But at the same time, I agree. We've got a duty of care as a sector. You know, I'm I'm now in the in the heavy goods sector rather than the car side. But the the the, the principles are same. You know, you've got to let people know if there's a problem with their vehicle, haven't you? And and that's if they, if they choose not to do it. I'm not here to sell them stuff. It's the case to go, look, you haven't got to use me. All I'm telling you is we can't drive it back. Because that's the other thing as well. Um, years ago, we'd go and pick a vehicle up and we'd get it back here and it'd have an illegal tyre. So actually, on that drive back, that would have been down to my driver. Yeah. Three points and a £1,000 fine for us not doing so. Now, we do tyre tread depth. We do walk-around videos. I mean, like, again, it's progression, isn't it? All the way yeah. through, you you realise what we didn't last do last month that caused us a slight issue, yep. And then we put it into place this month. Definitely. And as 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 an independent body repair centre, do you have like insurance company approvals that you do, or or do you rely on footfall from customers? No. So we, I, I choose to be independent because um, it's just what I've always done. And to be fair. Apart from right now, because we're in a mid, obviously a global pandemic, there's enough repairs everywhere. It it frustrates me that body shops rely on selling their soul to the to the insurers and to to um, other people to get footfall through the door when half of them don't even know what's in a five mile radius of themselves. Like, it's crazy. Like, with my franchise, I'm going around speaking to body shops and speaking to 40 other body shops, and they've never even tried to go to the garage, uh, sorry, to the people down the road who have got 30 vans or 40 vans. Like, they've never even thought of it because their email's just pinging every two minutes from the insurance company, new job, new job, new job, new job. But as we can see now, claims are down 75%. All the body shops are standing there with their hands out going, please send me a job. Yeah. Where we're where we're still doing well, we've still got crashes coming in because we're known to people. So where these other people, they're known to Direct Line or to Admiral or to LV, but they're not known by Mr. and Mrs. Jones, who to be fair, they're the ones I want to look after. Yeah. And they've they've snookered themselves because they've not really done that marketing or taken no. that marketing approach to, to, to customers yeah. or built their reputation. It's all been sure. reactive and They've, yeah. they've relied on being fed by the insurance company. So if you look, so body shops say to me, oh, I've got such a great reputation in the area. All right, I, the first thing I say is brilliant. How many retail jobs do you see a month? Oh, we don't see any. Well, how have you got this great reputation yet no one's coming to use you? So it's, it's you've got to have both. It's not worth going on five-star on Google if no Mr. and Mrs. Jones are using you. So what yep. we've done very, very well is make everyone ring us first and then we give the free, honest advice, which is don't use me. Like I was saying to you before we went on there, like someone rings me and says, um, Anthony, I've got a small scarf. I'm paying for it myself. It's going back to a lease company. I'll say 100%, don't use me. I'm, the, I'm too dear for that. Don't use me. Use the guys around the corner who are very good at what they do, but use cheaper pain and 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 mask things up that I wouldn't. So mm. there's there's a job for absolutely everyone, but love for that. me, love that. Yeah. Okay, that, and that leads me really nicely onto the third area, which is transparency. So um, you um, 
it's obviously one of your core focuses and and I suppose it follows on from what we've been discussing there is having that transparency of this isn't the right job for me for example is that is that sort of what you mean by that yeah with transparency as well like um our customer so everyone who walks through the door is our customer so completely different to what I would say an approved repairer so an approved repairer their customer is direct line it's not Mr and Mrs Jones it's direct line they've got service level indicators that they have to tick and they have to update direct line and they have to do this for direct line, direct line, direct line, direct line. Mr. and Mrs. Jones should be the one who's being updated and should be the one who their core focus is on, which is, it's not to be fair. And then independent probably go where it is, but um, it's for me, everyone who walks through the door, I need to make sure by the time they leave, they feel like we couldn't have done more for them. Because especially with an accident, no one likes to be in accidents. They reckon the average is every eight years that we have an accident. Probably loads of people go, I've never had an accident in 20 years. So the one time that you do, if I can make them walk out of here with a smile on their face and go, that couldn't have been easier. And that is, and that goes from, we do walk around videos, we send it to them if they want it, we we tell them how much our estimate is. We 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 go through the process. We send them pictures um, while they're in. So I'll I'm, I do it on WhatsApp and just go look, Mr. Jones. That we're painting your vehicle. We'll do a little video of why we're cutting a quarter glass out. Um, so we'd invite them in. So if they ever go on passing, can I pop in? Of course you can. Come and have a look. Um, we tell them the price at the end. We literally. It, I mean, it's their vehicle in our place. So why would you refuse any of that? Yeah, and it's really weird because we've got a couple of clients who've been made to use other people. And I've said to them, look, that's no worries. Just ask for pictures all the way through. Right? And the amount of body shops who have said to them, why do you want pictures all the way through? Like, that scares me straight away. Like, why wouldn't you share? Like, we have a file on my computer for every job. From the minute it came on site to the time it goes all the way through is photographed and I would show that to absolutely any, because why wouldn't you? If you're doing what you say you're doing and what you're charging out for, why wouldn't you show that to everyone? So yeah, it's transparency. Even now I've got people on furlough. I'm not scared to tell people that. Like we, 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 we haven't got enough work admin wise to have four people in the office. So we've got two people off. Because at the moment, we haven't got enough work. Like People would turn around and like try and not go, oh, yeah, we're busy like all the time. There aren't the body shops who say that as well. Like, oh, we're manic. Because there's, there's a bravado. Like Telling everyone you're busy all the time is like a one-up on the other person. Mm-hmm. But I no, just think just be transparent and open the whole way through. I love that. And one of the things that I did want to ask you, because I, I've, I've admired uh, something I've admired about you, Anthony, on, on LinkedIn, and sometimes something that's often scared me, and I'm interested on your take on this, because you are quite transparent, right? So you'll call out the insurance companies, for example. Now, that, that could be perceived by some people as abrasive. Now, would you say that being outspoken has been a problem for you, or do you think that's a good thing for you? Oh. Good, unbelievable. Like the way I look at it is, um, you live and die by social media now. Everyone does, right? And I believe if I treated a customer badly, I would expect my name all over that website, all over Google. Um, 
what we do is counteract that by never doing anything wrong to a customer and looking after them all the way through. So we should never, ever touch wood, have that point. But that's because I care enough to, like, I'd expect that though. Because the way I look at it, if, so where I'm rubbish at that is I go for a meal, I've never, ever complained, right? I would just never, ever go back to that restaurant, right? That is not helping the restaurant. Because if no one ever says that it was bad food, they're never going to change it. So for for me, what we should be doing is calling out good and bad service. So if you look on my LinkedIn, and everyone forgets this because I call out AXA for being brilliant, Aegeus are absolutely brilliant, LV, really good, apart from they whack 200 quid excess on, um, which is disgusting. But as an actual claims being LV are brilliant. And I, I always say, if someone gets one of my clients' claims through um, and, and it's gone well, I'll happily say that because we should be sharing good news as well. Yeah. The other thing as well is, with the calling out, it's never the first thing I do. Thing yeah. I do. So people think, oh, he always calls out. I've already put a text out, an email out, a call out to the yeah. bosses of that company, right? I've given the opportunity to deal with that correctly. It's only their ignorance and arrogance that if they don't reply, then my fourth thing is to go on LinkedIn. But as an actual company, it's been the best thing for us because we now have got, I'd say 99.9% of insurance companies have got their bosses or their claims managers or engineers managers to take my mobile and help me through my claim for customers. So for us, it's been absolutely such a good thing. And, and all I'd say to all the ones who think that's a bad thing, me calling it out is nothing would ever change in this industry if, we never, we all swept it under the carpet. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think the insurance insurance companies need to be held to account for their actions. Yeah, ulti- ultimately. So it, it is, it is challenging because I think when I take, when I take a holistic view, I think insurance is consumer driven and consumers are forever looking for the cheapest insurance. So therefore the insurance companies are driven to reduce cost. But I do yep. think so. The, the 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 whole reason I turned my back on 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 um, the body shop game was one one Harvey who was a top top geezer sold yep. out to Nationwide Crash Repairs who I'd had a year sabbatical working for and I couldn't face working for him again and they yep. were using this average repair cost model that I just could not I could not morally agree with no at all it went everything against what what I thought was right. So yeah, I went, I went and worked for a vehicle manufacturer and it was like, literally it was a lifesaver for me. And that's the thing. Like for me, I always go back to calling people out. Right. If I I know it sounds really bad, but if you saw a guy got stabbed on the road, right. And five of them, yet none of us told the police who the killer was, he wouldn't get caught. Right, and I always think I always say that it's such a drastic thing. But if all five of us went and told someone who it was, he'd be arrested and he'd be in prison. So if you look at it this way, is we know that the industry is full of fraud and full of shit repairs. I don't care who says it or who disagrees with that. That's what it's full of. Nearly every engineer who's ever spoke to me puts their hands up. They admit it. they say that we can't, haven't got enough people to police it. What I'm slowly trying to do is get 
a group of body shops who will speak out and actually people start to go, Christ, is that what happens? Is that what happens? And if we don't do that, we're going to be moaning for the next 30 years. Like you said about nationwide and average repair, it's physically impossible to make that model work. Unless you're cutting corners. Um, yeah, 100%. It drives it drives all the wrong behaviour and that you know now now in the life that I'm in 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 training and health and safety and what have you, you know that the culture an average repair cost model breeds is absolutely the wrong culture because it breeds yeah. doing doing the wrong thing. And what who's going to stand up and admit that? Especially people who are in it still. Like I've just heard a big body shop have just agreed a, a, a cheaper price for Admiral. Um, so for me, that's going to cause a, a, a few things. I won't say who it is or what it is, but um, even that, someone's gone in and gone cheaper than the, the next person to get all their work. Like, it's just, it just cracks me up. I just think anyone can sell their soul to do cheaper volume. But yeah, definitely. What, I think what, what, just 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 for the clarity of listeners, I suppose, who aren't in the sector, I'll just quickly explain to them what, what I mean by an average repair cost so they understand. Some of the big insurance companies to keep costs down, what they try and do is they will pay on a claim, uh, regardless of whether you've got a cracked mirror or a scuffed bumper or whether you've got a heavy front end damage, which, you know, Anthony might charge upwards of several thousand pounds to properly strip a front end, take the engine out and put it on the jig, which is the right repair to carry out. Uh, there's insurance companies out there who want to pay 1100 pounds or a thousand pound flat rate. Basically that, that's what I'm saying, isn't it? That's an average repair cost model. So it doesn't matter if it's a scuff insurance company is going to get paid 1100 pounds so what that means is when you've got heavier damage on your vehicle and you want the proper repair carrying out the insurance company will only pay a body shop the thousand pounds and this is something that isn't in the public domain people don't oh. unless it happens to you people don't even realize that that's what's happening with the average repair as well what always scares me is when they walk through the door at say a six gram repair look at look at that skoda i had with admiral the other day Ten thousand nine seven seven zero. imagine that come through your door and you had to agree a 1400 quid average repair what actually happens to that vehicle i don't even know because i've never been in that world but that scares me like one or two things i hear is it gets made to be a write-off because yeah. the because the body shop can't afford to do it for 1400 which isn't the right thing for the environment which <laughs> So the only reason they're writing that vehicle off is because the, the their approved repairer can't physically afford to do it for fourteen hundred quid. Yeah, but they've agreed that contract. Yeah, and even the other way around on the scuffed mirror, like, and I know he swings and roundabouts. That's what that contract's all about. And trust me, there's more bad than there is good. But even a scuff on a bumper, why is that fourteen hundred quid? Because to me, that breeds bad as well. Because if you look at what we're saying, which is the right method of repair, well, a scuff on a bumper is not 1,400 quid, is it? No. So why is that not 1,400 quid? But, but the, the incentive for that scuff on the bumper is to do it masked up, cheap as possible, without oh. taking the bumper off, because they're trying to make the money back on the more expensive jobs all the time. So all the time, it's just cost, 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 all the time, which do is you know horrific. What? Do you know what would be nice if, if, and no one had ever let you do this, obviously, is someone from the industry actually show you what they've done. Like, we don't, I, I don't know 100% on what happens on a 1400 when it's seven grand repair, eight grand repair, but it would be nice for someone to actually just chuck their balls on the line and go, that's what happens. We chuck it in the bin. 
We chuck it in the bin because we can't afford to work with that because clients are getting their cars written off because of the deals that insurance companies have got with body shops. But how is that even remotely right? <laughs> like, it's scary to think what happens in our industry. Yeah. Yeah, is it? shocking, shocking. Well, there we go. I never thought I'd get into fraud and corruption with you anyway. <laughs> there we go. Right, so on the four fairies around never giving up. Talk to me a bit yeah. about that. Right, so never giving up. So in business, if you own your own business, is I, I say it as you have more bad days than you do good days. And it takes you to places where you'll never, ever... Like I reckon in this last year... And it sounds really bad, but I've, I've probably twice, I thought, do you know what? And that sounds so bad to even say, but I'll be completely open here, is suicide will be a better option. Like, there's just been times where I just thought, I can't, my brain is about to explode. And that might be worry, that might be, it's everything. Because when you own a business, don't get me wrong, working for people as well, if you lose your job, you've got families, I totally get that. But I do think, so I've done both. So when people go working for someone and losing his jobs just as horrendous as owning a company, and I don't believe that, I'm sorry, but I've done both. I've worked for people and I've owned my own business. When you own your own business, there's just this other, other leap of how bad hell takes you, if you get what I mean. And it's, it's that thing where, like me, I've got 15 staff. When all this happened... I was trying to take it in just for me. And then I've got 15 people asking me every two seconds, like, what's this mean? What's this mean? What's happening? What's it? And it's like, Christ, I don't even understand it yet. And and it's that it's that thing where it's taking me to places where you just think, I can't even get up in the morning. Like I remember one Christmas, I honestly thought I was going bust on the 7th of January because my VAT bill was due. And I couldn't even bring myself to say words over the whole Christmas period. I was that, I felt that sick. And, but I got through it. And, and like I said, even though um, this year has been horrendous and it's been like, I can't even control my emotions. So imagine putting it on a bigger scale where you've got a thousand staff or a three thousand staff or I always think for body shops, I've got one body shop. Imagine having 10. Like it's that. But on the flip side, I have never committed suicide and I've always worked through it and I have never give up. Like, we, I build myself up to think, right, this year is going to be brilliant. Like, we've got a running joke with one of the guys who's worked for me for like from here and BMW. And he always says to me, next year, Anthony, because I always say next year. It's like Liverpool winning the league. It's always our year. It's um, definitely not this year. No, I know. Exactly. But like, never give up for me. It's just no matter how bad it gets, like, there are brighter days. And it, it contradicts what I just said that you have more bad than good. But I think. I think having good people around you, like I've got business people that I speak to if I've hit rock bottom, like I can never take it home to my other half because she don't understand. And, and I've uh, no family. I, I feel I could ever go to my family and say that, but I've got people who own businesses that I go to and I just break down on them. They break down on me. And then you actually go, Christ, I got through that. I got through that. You're going to get through that. And I think it's that thing where I've tried loads of stuff in this company that's gone wrong or or hasn't ever landed. And my mates take the piss out of me all the time. Like, Auntie, what's your new thing? Like, because they always laugh that I've, my last one failed miserably. 
I always say, well, at least I've tried it. Like, without sounding rude, what have you tried? Like, I, I'll never knock the person who's got a new idea. Uh, 100%. 100%. I, I, and I, t- I totally agree with you. Better better to try and fail than to have never yeah. tried at all, right? There's been things where we tried to be, uh, we tried to do everything, alloy wheels, like absolutely everything that was vehicle related. We thought, right, we've got the staff to do it. We know what we're doing, but it just didn't work. And yeah. it's one where it's not even like it didn't work in a bad way. We've looked at the figures and gone, it's making us no money. Like, yeah. what's the point? No, exactly. But that, that, that's that, that's all part of it. If if people if people didn't do that, we wouldn't be sat here with the internet, electricity, light bulbs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? You know. Yeah, and, thing, and, and people laugh at me and go, "Oh Christ, Anthony's doing another thing." Like, let them laugh at you because there will, will be that one day where one just it hits home, and like you say, electricity. How many things did he try before? Um, I'm so silly, I don't know who invented electricity, but um, he, he, I bet he tried a hundred things before he tried that. Exactly. And that, that's like all of us, like he's, he's just always thinking, right, actually, I'm at rock bottom, but I can get myself out of this. And that's exactly. why we never. No, and, and, and I think network network's so important, isn't it? Having, having the right oh. network around you. Who, what, what sort of network do you have around you, like of people who, who can support you? What, what are those other business owners? A bit, a bit of everything. I, the one, the best thing I've ever physically done as a person is get a business coach, which is is my great friend, and she's now in business with me for the finance company, which is Tanya Hill. Um, getting a business coach, honestly, was the best best. But it's like she opened my eyes to stuff that I would never have seen. Yeah. And I don't coach, she doesn't coach me anymore, but um, because I'm not, I'm not a very good um, student to be fair. I feel <laughs> um, but we've remained friends. We haven't coached, she hasn't coached me for like four years now, I think three or four years, but we've remained best friends and we speak every day. And now we've gotten into business together. And, and this is, and my friend Maria, who owns um, uh, Aut- Autoglazing, like windscreen company, uh, Maria Charlton and Tanya Hill, two people you should definitely add. I'm going to get told off here for not mentioning everyone I speak to, but there's loads. Adam Mason. <laughs> Sorry, man. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have asked you to mention those because it's, it's like I'm doing a BAFTA award here. <laughs> Kyle Harris. Uh... <laughs> well, I'm cutting you off now, and then they can't have a go at you if you've missed anyone because I'm cutting you off. <laughs> In the interest of time, I can tell Anthony you're really, really driven. You know, only someone who's so driven that will have those, you know, wear that your heart on your sleeve and, you know, talk about the mental health challenges that comes with it. Cause I, I've been there too. I completely empathize with that, but the yeah. drive just keeps you going and it keeps pushing you and pushing you on to make more mistakes. But each time, I don't know, each time I overcome a hurdle, I just think that's something that someone a little bit weaker who hasn't quite got yeah. the, the guts to go over that, that hurdle. Yeah. They've just fallen there. So I've just, I've just leveled up one more time. And every yeah. time, just level up that one more time. Do you find that as well? Is that what you mean by drive? Or, or do you mean yeah, something like that? Do you know what? Sometimes I do think it is a curse. So I, I'll, again, I'm always complete. I've got nothing to hide. Like, I drink a lot. Like, my my um, my thing is a Thursday night, I, when the pubs are open, I drink until I pass out, basically, on a Thursday night. Like, I, that's the only time from the minute I walk into the pub at like six o'clock after work that my mind only because I hang around with people that if I even talked about work I'd probably get glassed 
Do you know what I mean? They're just not them sort of people. Um, but it's, it's, it's the only time my brain stops. And it's, it's I was saying this the other day, I, I, I think it's magical in one way because I believe I will hit my goal. And it's horrible in the other thing because you never seem to be happy enough. And it's, it's, it's that thing where if the baby, I've got young children, if they wake up at three in the morning, my eyes are like, bam, right, what today? Like my, my mind's going, I can hear the conversations in my head. I'm thinking, what can I do? What have I got to do today? What have I got to do? And that drive is amazing. Like I said, amazing in one hand, awful in another. Because it's just like, even at weekends, I want my phone to ring. Like where you think, and everyone goes, oh, you need home to work balance. And I'd love to have that. And I haven't got that at all. Like, I'm so addicted to work and being better than what I was and and hitting my goals that am I crap at, at home? Probably, yeah. I probably don't give enough time to my home life. And I'll admit that. Like, But the, the, the urge for me to be the best and to be a millionaire and to be... And not only for the money, just to... Just to be able to do anything I want to do, what financial freedom does give you. And I don't care what everyone goes like, money don't buy happiness. Like it's, I'm not saying it's completely going to make me happy, but it will give me things that I haven't got now that will make me happier. Yeah. And even the worry, the worry of a business, we worry owning businesses, cash flow, when the next payment's coming through. And if, I wouldn't get that if I was financially free. That would be one thing away from the back of my mind. Maybe that just goes and parks over there because I haven't got that worry. Yeah, I got you. And I, cash flow is an interesting one, actually. It's really, oh. really nice point. Because you you talk, you mentioned, the second time you mentioned it, because you talked about the VAT situation just before Christmas yeah. and the stress it causes. But ca- that is something that someone who's never run a business will never, they'll never no. get their head around the impact um- that cash flow has on your mental health. It's unbelievable. Do you know what? This is the biggest thing that Tanya, I actually went to see as well, Stuart Howe on LinkedIn, add him. He's a hypnotherapist, legend. He took me to Harley Street and he, he switched my brain off about worrying about money. And between him and Tanya, who was teaching me how to run my figures better, my cash flow and everything like that, between them two, realistically, unless I get to shit street, um, I don't worry about I don't worry about my bank where before I looked at my bank every three minutes, I reckon. Like I I was the stress that your bank account and cash flow um causes you in a business is unreal. If you can get it, I would say to everyone in the world, go and get a business coach because one of the massive things is cash flow. At least you know shit street is in four weeks. Like before, I didn't know when it was. So I was in it every day. Where at least me, I now know, right, I'm going broke in four weeks. What can I do that? What can I do now to impact that? Yeah. Tanya says it's like having a sat nav. Right, it's like trying to make your way to Croatia right now without a sat nav. How many people a sat nav or a map would they be able to do? Yeah, not, at least not, not many. No, exactly. And this, not is many. What, and this is the biggest thing. Like, like I say, cash flow is one of the most important because if you know on your map what's mapped out, good times, bad times, um, it's just a lot more in your control. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
I'm a rubbish business coach. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, no, you've, sm- you've smashed it, to be fair. And actually, that that drive element around like the sacrifices that you make and that sometimes... You, you know, you, you feel that guilt because you've not got the balance quite right, you know, and you just, but you live that that's part of the stress is the guilt that maybe you've not got the balance quite right, but you're desperate to achieve the goal. Cause you want to prove on the other hand, you want to prove to the kids that anything's possible. You want to prove to them that they can do whatever they want um, and, and, and be able to support them to do that. And uh, you just kind of put, take that pressure on. It's enormous. Isn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's really weird because some people go, oh, don't and have time with your kids. And I totally understand that. But dad worked all the time. I never saw him. I haven't, without sounding rude, I haven't grown up and be like, why weren't they there? For, why didn't they hug me more? All I saw, and I know it sounds really bad, but we were a poor family. And my mum had three jobs. My dad was like, whatever he done. Um, they done their best to supply for our family. And... They struggled. My whole life was a, and my mum would probably hate me for that. Like it's, we never missed out on anything, but all it ever wants to be is I want to have a lovely life. I want my kids to have a lovely life. Like, and I think, do I sacrifice that now so I can be in a better position in 10 years? A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's a bit, it's interesting, isn't it? Because ultimately minimum wage work is hard effing work as well. Yeah. So if you're going to work hard, you might as well work hard for something you believe in that drives you. But I think the other thing is, you you know, you spoke about money and I think you're on the same page here as how I see it is you, you, you do want the money that provides the, the, the nice experiences, but it's also about becoming the person that can do it. Yeah, hundred percent. And for me, I was rubbish at school. Like I spent half, I was a class clown basically. I I know no one will believe that right now, but (laughs) yes, (laughs) Um, but I, I spent half my time looking in because I wasn't very good at doing the work. I was always trying to be the other person when made people laugh. And, and I, I was uh, back in the day, I'm not now, but I was all right at football. So I had quite a good school life on that side of things. But academically, I, I can't even say the word. Um, I was poor. And, and for me, it's that case of it's nice to show people. Like when people from school, I remember someone years ago, they went, oh, what's Anthony doing now? Like they just automatically had that thing in their head where I was not going to be doing anything. And at the time I was running BMW's body shop and my mate went, oh, he's like running BMW's body shop. He's like got the best figures in the southeast of England or something. And they were like, wow, Christ. I didn't, And it was almost that I didn't expect him to be anything. And, that, and that's one of the things where I want to be known. I want to go out of this industry at the end and go, I tell you what, I believe I changed that industry. And it might have been the smallest change in the world. It might be that now every consumer out there knows that they can pick up the phone and choose who they want to choose. Love that. Yeah, so, love that. Right, it's time, it's time for your half dozen thing, your last thing, which is about being open and giving everyone everything, which uh, I think based on our conversation, people will know that now anyway, um, because you, you've been totally transparent and, uh, and, and, and open with us. Tell, tell me a bit more about what you mean by giving everyone everything. Well, I, I, it's really, it's really silly, but we, we actually want to do a show here that, that I get followed around all the time. So, what part of my YouTube and podcast, which is coming shortly, um, we, I want to do a twenty, not twenty-four hour, but eight-hour stint of just someone following me around and seeing what we have to do on a day-to-day basis. And I want 
everyone to see what the ups, the downs. The, like I come online when I when I'm feeling bad, and people go, "Christ, Anthony, that was a bit emotional." It's like that's what I want to show everyone because business is hard. It's horrible. Like it's actually horrible. Like, it really is. And I, I'd think twice about ever telling someone to go into own their own business. But it's also amazing. And and what are them things where you only see the good things? Like, it's a bit like our reviews. We've got all good reviews except for one. And people go, why didn't you get rid of the one bad one? Because it, it didn't happen exactly how that person said it did. But if I got rid of that, it's not being real, is it? No. It's not being right. And, and like I say all the time, we're not the best in the world. We like we strive to be, but there's always going to be someone better than us, someone doing what we're not doing. I'd I, I openly admit that. But what all I want to do is just say, this is us. This is what we do. This is what we believe in. Everyone can see everything. And it's even like me, I tell people I drink heavily till I pass out. Some people go, oh, bloody hell, Andy, don't say that to everyone. Like, I... It don't affect me. My business runs how it runs, and it's how I switch off. Why wouldn't I tell that journey? And it's like everything, the down, the suicidal thoughts. Like I I probably haven't told half the people that speak to me about that, and it's like the first time I mention it, but I'm not scared to mention anything. Like my past, everything. I've done a lot wrong. Like, And if anyone ever asks me them questions, I would tell everyone because it doesn't stop me how I look after customers and how I how I run my business. We run the business for the people and the people that follow us. And if they wanted to see more, I'd love, I say all the time, I'd love for a, a, like a, a news team or like a, a like a TV programme to say, can we do it behind the scenes and come and follow us? Do you know what? I, I definitely watch it. I think people listening would definitely watch it as well because I think it'd be amazing. Funny, like I swear, I've got a potty mouth, and people even said to me the other day, Anthony, you've got to stop swearing on your YouTube. And I'm like, do you know what? I don't think of swearing. I, I just swear. And like, it's that thing where I I just can't change being. I'll go into a meeting and everyone takes a piss at me because I've got no socks on. Like, I wear loafers and skinny jeans, and people are going like, and no tie. And I'll swear during the meeting. And I remember one meeting I had, my mate come out and he's like, Anthony, I think that's the first time someone's ever said that word in a proper meeting. And I'm like, I I didn't even mean to say it, but you just come out with what I was saying. But I think that's all the thing being open with me. I'm not trying to be anyone that I'm not. Definitely. No, I, 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 I absolutely I absolutely love it, mate. And I'm definitely going to check out your YouTube channel. And what I'll have to do is I'll give you a copy of this video and you can put this on your YouTube video yeah. as well. And yeah. uh, we'll have to cross-pollinate. So just, just to sort of tie it up, Anthony, like uh, if people want to find out more about you, just reiterate where it is you're from and uh, and what you're doing and where people can find you online and yeah. uh, and hopefully people who are listening will come and find you yeah, nice thank you so we've um, our youtube channel and um we started called <laughs> braintree motormouth because they reckon i talk a lot and um i say a lot so that was actually someone on linkedin i put out who what should we be called for our podcast and someone come up with that which i thought was brilliant to be fair so we're on youtube um obviously massive on linkedin we've got twenty five thousand followers nearly 25 i think now so um anthony heard on linkedin and braintree motormouth on youtube and instagram so we're starting to put a lot of content we've got a lot of things coming on our youtube like one of the things what we want to do and i'll be quick is we want to put our day-to-day 
um, things what happen in our industry into little sketch shows. So we're going to have some comedy with it. So um, it and it's a bit like when insurance companies come in and go, I'm not paying that, I'll pay this. One of my things, uh, and I'll tell you because we're going to be doing it, is for me to go into a big um, supermarket and just barter with them on a pint of milk and just see um, and see what happens because that's what happens to us every day. And for me, I will love if I'm led out by security because that's... Um, because that's how that's how I feel every day like why are we this industry that people think they could just barter with us all day every day definitely you wouldn't wouldn't barter with Morrison's over milk would you no I definitely wouldn't no I love it I love it Anthony (laughs) you've been you've been an absolute star mate and those listening I hope you've enjoyed it uh do follow Anthony on LinkedIn check out his uh Check out his YouTube channel as well. That sounds absolutely awesome. And I'm looking forward to your new videographer starting. So uh, if you've enjoyed this, please do share it with uh, with other people. We'd like to reach as many people as possible. Maybe share it with the body repair industry so they can realise what we really think. Um, but if you're okay. if you've if you've been in an accident, Anthony's your man to give a call. Um, and 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 his team at Braintree Motorworks, I'm sure they're going to look after you. You can see the passion of uh, passion that he has for looking after customers. But yeah, do share. We'd like to reach as many people as possible. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you again next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate your time. Please do follow me at Pete Rushmer on LinkedIn or on Facebook, follow Flagship Training UK and you can find us on YouTube too at Flagship UK. Flagship UK.